0: Podcast Help Desk number 94 for December 22nd, 2016. And today we're going to talk about the 12 things that you should not do as a podcaster in 2017 or ever.
1: The Podcast Help Desk is where we go deep into the technology of podcasting, help you with the problems you may run into, and when we have a chance, review new gadgets, services, and solutions for podcasters. To keep your podcast running smoothly, it takes some tech. That's what Podcast Help Desk is here for to smooth out the geek speak and put it in, more or less, plain English. The main audience for this podcast is those who have podcasts and want to tweak the tech to get better sound, a better website, a more reliable feed, or a more streamlined workflow. Also, for podcasting beginners that don't want to make all the mistakes themselves. Here's your host, Mike Dell.
0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. This is Mike, and this is Podcast Help Desk, and today... Of course, we're going to talk about the twelve things you shouldn't do as a podcaster. But before that, I want to tell you that this podcast is sponsored by Blueberry Podcasting, a Raw Voice company. Of course, I work for Blueberry, and I highly recommend their services. If you want a free month of whatever we do over there—hosting, statistics, sooner or later websites, and uh, whatever other services. Use the promo code HELPDESK at checkout, and that'll give you a free month to uh, make sure that you know how things work and, uh, and that it'll work for you. And that'll uh, give me a little bit of kudos for sending you over there. So I'd appreciate it if you want to try out something at Blueberry, use my promo code HELPDESK. Now, on with the show. So this is the uh, second-to-last show episode for this year, 2016, and in this episode, I want to go through the 12 things that I think you should not do as a podcaster in 2017. Actually, you shouldn't do them ever, but uh, here's the, the 12 things I came up with. Number one, do not host your media files on your own web server. And in this case, MP3 files, because I'm assuming you're doing audio. But uh, if you're doing video, same thing. Don't host them on your web server. That's why services like Blueberry, Libsyn, Spreaker, all the other uh, podcast media hosts out there exist. Because they all know, and you should too, that hosting it on your own web server is going to do nothing but get you in trouble. It's the number one way to get kicked off your web server. Uh, The problem with web servers is they're meant for hosting web pages, you know, text, some pictures, maybe a little bit of audio once in a while or a little bit of video once in a while. But for a dedicated podcast, especially if you get popular at all, it's going to compete with your web server, Uh, you know, downloading MP3 files. So if you put out an episode and you have 500 subscribers and all 500 of them start downloading it at once, your website's going to come to a crawl. So it's going to be a bad experience for them because, you know, the files are going to come down slowly or or maybe not complete and your feed will go down, your uh, website itself will go down. It's just not a good idea. Web servers are meant for web pages. Number 2. Do not use Feedburner or FeedBlitz or any other third-party RSS feed service. Of course, we've beaten this dead horse over and over again, but I get calls every week from someone who's hosting on or hosting their uh, feed wherever, but using Feedburner and something goes wrong with Feedburner. So then they think there's something wrong with their RSS feed and it's really Feedburner screwed them up. And There's really no reason to use it. As I've said before, uh, FeedBurner is very great technology for 2006, but it's now 2016, almost 2017. There is no reason whatsoever to use any third-party feed redirection services. That's kind of all it is anyway. You have to have a valid feed to use FeedBurner. So why not use that valid feed directly? That way you cut out the middleman. You know, nine times out of ten, if you're using FeedBurner and something goes wrong, it's most likely going to be FeedBurner. And if you ask Google for help, they're going to ignore you. And if you ask me for help, if you're using PowerPress and you're using FeedBurner, I'm going to tell you get rid of FeedBurner. I'll help you get off of FeedBurner. It's pretty easy. Just go over to FeedBurner, make sure that your valid RSS feed is indeed valid, that you are burning at FeedBurner, and you delete the feed using the little checkbox there that they did update. That's the only thing they've updated since 2006. Uh, Use permanent redirection. That will uh, take anybody that is still subscribed to your FeedBurner feed and redirect them to the proper feed. And if you're doing it the way I suggested, it's going to take you to your PowerPress feed. So uh, that's all there is to getting off of FeedBurner. It's not super hard. And you'll uh, thank me in the long run. Number three. And this one you know, goes along with the uh, using FeedBurner. Don't use your hosting company's RSS feed. And that even goes for Blueberry. Yes, us at Blueberry, we do provide a feed for you if you need it. But we strongly suggest that you use WordPress and PowerPress instead of the Blueberry.com feed that you can have if you're using Blueberry hosting. But uh, it also goes for, and especially, other services. Uh, You know, Blueberry, at least, if you want to move, we'll let you. Libsyn, same thing. If you want to move, they'll let you. It's not a big deal. But uh, Spreaker, it's a little bit harder. There is a way to do it at Spreaker. Podbean, I guess, now does it. But there's a lot of services out there. Soundcloud, Well, SoundCloud lets you do it, too. But, uh, you know, there's there's some services out there that want to lock you in. You know, podcasts.com, Podgarden. You know, a lot of them you know you can't even get anybody to talk to you you know podomatics that way you can't get anybody to talk to you over there and there's no place to put in a redirect yourself at least at blueberry you can contact us we'll put in a redirect no problem but we still suggest that you use your own feed for a myriad of reasons you know one thing it's your it's your uh, domain name in there it's better for seo it's better for you know, if uh, something happens to your web host of choice, you know, all you have to do is uh, just change the links to where your MP3s come from in your feed because you own it. You don't have to ask permission. You don't have to do anything. You own the feed, and everybody subscribe to that feed. You, know, you don't want to be locked into a hosting company just because they say that it's the best way to do it. It's, it's generally not the best way to do it. The best way to do it is to own your own feed. However you do that, make sure it's your domain name, something you control in your feed address. as simple as that. I guess the analogy that I use is your email address. Okay, if you get an email from somebody that is such-and-such such at AOL.com or such-and-such such at Hotmail.com versus... You know, in my case, Mike at Mike dot com. Well, it it just proves, you know, if I print that on a business card, Mike at Mike dot com or Mike at Blueberry dot com or whatever, it looks more professional. It looks like I actually took the time to care what my email address is. Same thing with your feed address. You know, does it look better to have so and so dot blueberry dot com slash rss or something dot libsen dot com slash rss or does it look better to have podcast dot com or in my case you know podcast dot com looks like I care looks like I've taken the time to do the extra little bit of work to control my own domain <laughs> to uh, like I said no pun intended there but <laughs> anyway just it's it's much better to have your own intellectual property controlled completely by you. Yes, it's a little bit more work. Yes, things can go wrong, but things can go wrong with the proprietary systems. You know, don't let anybody fool you. You know, why would uh, why would these companies have support departments if nothing ever goes wrong? If nothing ever goes wrong, then why would you need uh, support? So, you know, stuff goes wrong. It's not that hard to, to fix. It's not that hard to learn how to do it. And as I've always said, you pay for it either in money or education. And sometimes uh, the education is hard to take. You know, going back to the feed burner thing, and you know and this goes for this one too, if you don't own your own feed, something could happen to it, and you've pretty much lost your ability to contact your subscribers. So you lose listeners had somebody that was using FeedBurner in this case, and uh, somehow it lapsed, and uh, some other company took over that FeedBurner address, and he was just screwed because, you know, he couldn't, uh, you know, Google doesn't answer any emails or anything, and there was nothing he could do about it. So all of his subscribers are now subscribed to this other thing from this other company, and he's just plain screwed. So... Don't fall into that trap. You know, does, no matter how big the company might be, you know, things can happen. And if companies go out of business, they discontinue services. Google does that. You know, Google discontinues things all the time. Apple discontinues things all the time. Everybody, you know, no matter how big the company, don't you can't rely on them. So please, please, please. Use your own domain and use your own feed. And this one's a little bit of a pet peeve for me, but here's number four. Don't listen to anyone that tells you that WordPress feeds are unreliable. There's a very well-known podcaster slash podcasting company representative out there spreading the BS that WordPress feeds are unreliable. Simple fact is that WordPress is not make it unreliable. WordPress powers, you know, over a quarter of the entire internet. And if it was so unreliable, it wouldn't have that much usage. And same thing with podcasts. It powers at least 75,000 podcasts out there in one form or another. Not all PowerPress, there's uh, like 60,000 or so using PowerPress and there's another uh, bunch that are using other plugins for WordPress. And some people aren't even using any plugins; they're just generating it with WordPress, and it works. So don't fall for the the uh, BS. And I call it BS. You can uh, use th- those initials for anything you want, but uh, it's not unreliable, and it's not more reliable to be on a proprietary system. Because, as I said before, proprietary systems do fail once in a while. Why else would they have a support department? You know, things happen. It's technology. You know, even big companies go down. So uh, don't uh, don't fall for that tactic. You know, if uh, you know, the, one of the problems with WordPress is sometimes people get rather cheap hosting plans. You know, your $3 a month shared hosting plan might be fine if you have 100 listeners, might be fine if you have 1,000 listeners, but you know, the more traffic you have, the beefier server you need. You know, it's the same argument I use, you know, don't host your MP3 files on your server. You know, if your RSS feed is coming from a rather wimpy server, you may have to upgrade your server if you get popular. No big deal. You know, instead of paying the $3 a month, you upgrade to the $10 a month at whatever hosting service you're on, and that might be sufficient, and... At some point, you might need to go to a VPS or a dedicated server. But WordPress itself is not unreliable. And we have uh, clients out there using PowerPress that are running entire networks on a single WordPress installation. We have one that's well over 500 episodes or 500 different feeds, you know, thousands and thousands of episodes, but, uh, you know, over 500 feeds, and they're reliable. You know, millions of downloads off of that one site. But I guarantee you, they have a really beefy site. <laughs> so, you know, keep that in mind. You don't buy a, a pickup truck to uh, haul 50,000 pounds of stuff. You go buy a semi truck. You know, you, want, you need the right truck for the job. Well, same thing with a server. You know, if you're paying $3 a month for a WordPress site on a shared hosting account, it may work for a while, but if you get it all popular, your traffic is going to dictate that you need to move. And that's a good problem to have. So, like I said, it doesn't make WordPress unreliable. It's, you know, the web server is, you know, a key component to that. So, uh, you know, if you're going to get popular, don't go with the cheapest. Uh, you know, you you definitely have to have enough server. Now, here at uh, at podcast help desk and Mike Dell's world, and you know all of my sites, with the exception of one, are using GoDaddy Linux based hosting, and I'm not using the cheapest shared account. I'm using the the upgraded one. Now, if I get much more popular, I may have to move to a VPS solution or a dedicated server solution. I know that, and I'm watching that. So if things start to slow down, I'm going to do that. But Like I said, it's not WordPress that's the problem. It's sometimes the web server, and that can be solved fairly easily because I own my own domain, so I can move my domain wherever I need to for it to uh, function properly. You know, the the one other site that I have is using uh, PowerPress Sites Deluxe, which still isn't out, but uh, I'm still in beta testing. That's the Traverse City podcast and. That's on a really beefy server uh, at Blueberry, and yes, it's Blueberry, and it's not the same thing as hosting my uh, my podcast with my own, you know, with my hosting company, because I own the domain. TraverseCityPodcast is my domain, so if something happens with Blueberry or I want to move, I can. It doesn't matter. So, uh, like I said, goes back to all the other ones we're talking about. Uh, You know, own your own domain, and WordPress is reliable. Number five, don't use anything other than MP3 for your audio podcast. Yes, you can use AAC, and it'll work. That's uh, Apple's proprietary codec, and most, and I'm using big air quotes, most, Podcast apps and most players will use AAC without any problem. That'd be uh, M4A if you uh, take it out of GarageBand and that'll work. AUG works uh, on much less things, but uh, AUG will work too. But use MP3. It's not hard to do no matter what platform you're on, you know, for recording and producing your podcast, editing your podcast, whatever. MP3s work and MP3s are. The standard, you know, that's, uh, that's just, just the standard, uh, it, you know, at least as of right now. Now, I might get a little pushback from, from Charles, uh, a friend of mine, who uh, does advocate using AAC, and there are probably some reasons that you could use AAC, and but there are platforms out there that people still use that AAC doesn't work with. So why not make it MP3 where everybody works with it? And along the same lines, number six. Do not encode your MP3 files any larger than 128 kbps stereo. KBPS. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but uh, that's the bitrate. Okay, also use constant bitrate. But don't do it any higher than 128 and actually... For 90% of the podcasts out there, 64 kilobits mono will work just as well because most of the time we're talking into a single microphone and it's mono anyway, and a, the little bit of music that might be there doesn't need to be in stereo. But if you want to do stereo, 128's not terrible. It's one megabyte per minute, and the, at 64 Mono, it's half a megabyte per minute. You know, as a general rule, it may vary a little bit. But uh, that's more than enough for the average podcast. Think about it. Podcasts are mostly now downloaded to mobile phones, and sometimes people use their data plans. So if if you're doing 320 kilobits stereo, those files are huge. And so it takes more bandwidth. It takes more time to download. And, you know, people on limited data plans may or may not want to download a file that's 150 megabytes for half an hour. So make it as small as you can get away with, which, like I said, is 64 mono, and it'll be fine. You know, Most of the top 100 podcasts out there that, you know, especially, you know, Uh, have a lot of downloads know this and they encode at 64 kilobits mono or even lower you know for a fact that uh, one of the biggest podcasts out there does it at 48 kilobits mono so it's not not necessary to make these files huge and of course don't use wave jeez i've run into a lot of people that try to use wave those things are huge I mean, this podcast, by the time I'm done with it in wave format, it's going to be probably almost a a gigabyte. And that's huge. So, you know, we don't want to do that. By the time I'm done with it, it's probably going to be about 30 megabytes or less. For probably, I don't think I'm going to do an hour, but uh, it's going to be 30 megabytes or less. It's going to come down rather fast. It's not going to use up your data plan. You know, if you're streaming it to your phone or you're you know, using your uh, cellular connection. And I, I like to think the, the quality is good. Uh, you know, yeah, could it be a little better? Maybe. But think about it. Most people are listening on the cheap earbuds that come with their phone. Or they're uh, listening to it on a, on a Bluetooth speaker that's real tiny. Or on their uh, Echo device. Or... In a car plugged into a stereo with all the traffic noise and wind noise and engine noise and all that stuff. So, you know, most people aren't listening to your podcast in a in a room that's specifically meant for audio. They're listening to it while they're doing other things. And uh, so the sound quality, although it should be decent, does not have to be audiophile quality. Number seven. Don't make your website so complicated that it's hard to find your podcast. I don't know how many times I get a phone call or an email from somebody saying, hey, my podcast is screwed up, this, that, and the other thing, and, you know, here it is, and they give me the uh, the address, and it's just their domain name. I go to their domain name, and I have to email them back or tell them on the phone, hey uh I can't find your podcast. How do, how do I get to your podcast? Don't make people search for it. You know, presumably when you're podcasting you want to have your podcast front and center on your website or if it's not front and center, make it painfully obvious how to get there because it's uh, you know nothing more frustrating than to go to a website that's supposed to be a podcast website and you can't find the podcast. you know people do that all the time. Back in the 90s, when the web first got going, you know, they called that mystery meat navigation, where it was really hard to find stuff on the website. Well, make your podcast painfully obvious. And, of course, with me, I you know all my sites are podcast-related websites, so the podcast is the first thing you see. And I suggest you do that if you're serious about podcasting. Of course, you know, I consider myself an advanced amateur, not a uh, professional, and I'm not doing this to make money necessarily, although a little money does come my way because of it. But for the most part, you come to any one of my podcast websites, that's what you see is the podcast. You you don't see 27 other things uh, in the way, and definitely it's not hard to find. And I make it really easy to subscribe. And that's another thing. You want to make sure that it's easy to subscribe. Have an RSS link. Have an iTunes button. Have an Android button. Have whatever other buttons you want people to subscribe. But give them choices. You know, it's not just iTunes. It's not just Google Play. It's not just all these places. You know, make it so whatever they uh, are using to listen to podcasts, they got a button to push or a link or whatever and make it easy to find. And number eight, which is one of those things that uh, do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) Do not go out and start a bunch of podcasts. Start one, get good at it, get real good at it. And then if you find yourself with a lot of extra time, start another one. But Don't go out and say, I'm starting a network, you know, and you've only done three podcast episodes, and, you know, I run into that all the time, people wanting to do this, that, and the other, and I've done it. I've done it. I'm guilty. You know, I've currently got five podcasts in production, or four. Well, five. I don't know. It depends on how you count them. But I know for a fact that, in my case, I don't put – nearly as much work into each of these podcasts that I should be. If I was just doing one, I'd put a lot more work into it. Now, I put some work into this one, obviously, and all the rest of them, too, but you know, that's why I don't do a schedule. So, anyway, do as I say, not as I do. Do one podcast, get good at it, and then if you find yourself compelled to do another one, you're you're all up to speed, you know, trying to start a whole bunch of them all at once is, is not going to do any of them any good. You know, you'll have five mediocre podcasts and, uh, and no real good, uh, you know, no real good one. (laughs) So, uh, that's, uh, that's number, uh, eight, I believe. Yes. On to number nine. Don't name your podcast. Anything with on fire in the title or any other copycat move like that. Be yourself. You know, trying to copy some other person's success is not generally going to work for you. Yeah, I mean, take elements from other people's podcasts and and all that stuff, but you know, be yourself. Fake is really easy to pick up, you know, on on a podcast because, you know, it's so it, it's such an intimate Medium, you know, a lot of times I'm plugged directly into your ears. You know, how, how much closer can I get? And, you know, you're, it's the same way with your podcast. So if you're, you know, copying somebody else, trying to be somebody else, it's going to come across on the mic, you know. And same thing with, uh, you know, just any copycat stuff. You know, you don't have to do interviews to do a podcast, I do interviews periodically when they come up, but it's not a huge thing. It's not a huge part of this podcast. You know, if that's your format, great. But, you know, don't don't fall into the trap that you have to do an interview show to be successful. Yes, there are successful podcasts out there. John Lee Dumas is successful doing Entrepreneur on Fire or EO Fire or whatever he calls it now. And he does, you know, interviews, and he does the same interview with everybody, and it seems to work for him. But John Lee Dumas is the best at being John Lee Dumas. Pat Flynn is the best at being Pat Pat Flynn. You know, Cliff Ravenscraft is the best at being Cliff Ravenscraft. You know, be yourself. You are the best you out there, and somebody, and hopefully a bunch of somebodies, will, will like you just the way you are. So don't copy anybody. You know, don't be fake. Just get on the mic and 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 do your thing. You know, be passionate about it. Be be yourself. You know, that's one thing about my podcast. Yeah, a lot of people say I talk too slow, I do this, I do that. But guess what? It's me. You know, like it or lump it. That's me. And enough people like it that I'm still motivated to do it. So hey, why not? Number ten. Do not obsess over your statistics. Statistics are cool, and you should keep track of them. But there are people out there that check their stats 3, 4, 5, 20, 100 times a day. And they spend a whole lot of time obsessing about every little thing about their download statistics. You know, you don't have to worry about how come you don't have any downloads in Idaho for this particular episode when you had three last week. Well, yeah, I mean, that's interesting information, but don't obsess over it. People get so wrapped around the axle about download uh, statistics. I check my downloads maybe once a week. I put out an episode. I'll check it in a couple of days just to see what's going on. But for the most part, I don't obsess about them. You know, if the way I figure it is if I help 10 people and, you know, maybe entertain them or inspire them or whatever on a deeper level I'm happy with that you know if I had a hundred thousand people that I barely reach because my content sucks because I'm obsessing about my stats I don't think that's as good you know uh, there's there are podcasts out there that are promoted like crazy and they get a ton of downloads but their content sucks and they're not gonna keep All those people, they're just going to keep promoting and get more, you know. But I'd rather have 10 dedicated listeners than 100,000 people that listen once and go away because I've been obsessing about my stats instead of doing the work necessary to have decent content. And along those same lines, number 11, don't obsess over iTunes in general. But, uh, iTunes new and noteworthy or rankings and reviews and ratings. Yeah, they're cool. That's all cool stuff. It's just not worth obsessing over. You know, it's, it's one of those dead horses that need to be beat over and over again. Cause people do obsess over iTunes. iTunes is around 50% in most cases of your audience. There's another darn near 50% out there that, uh, that aren't involved with iTunes, and a lot of people never go to iTunes. And I've said it over and over again, I don't think I've ever went to iTunes new and noteworthy to see what podcast to listen to. You know, I look on Google. I look uh, elsewhere. I hear about something, and I search for it, and it works. And, you know, new and noteworthy, like I said, it's, it's, it's cool and all. It's an ego thing mostly. Because it doesn't really amount to a hill of beans for most people. You know, if you get into new and noteworthy, you're not going to notice this big panacea of success in podcasting. It's just not going to happen. You know, there's, uh, I've told this story before, there's a couple of podcasters that I know that uh, their show was put on the front page of iTunes. Not even new and noteworthy, they were just on the front page. Apple manually put them there. And they didn't. Hardly know that that happened. You know, I've been in new and noteworthy several times, and it's not just eight weeks. Don't listen to that, and you don't have to have ten episodes when you, quote-unquote, launch. Nothing like that. It just happens. You can be new or you can be noteworthy. You know, you got eight weeks to be new, maybe. This new and noteworthy lately has been stuck. You know, if you go over to iTunes right now in the desktop software, you'll notice that uh, it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed in a long time. Everybody's just going crazy over that. It doesn't matter. Just do your show, do your good content, do your your promotion, however you do that, and get on with it. You're, you're just, just the fact that you're being new and noteworthy is not going to make or break your podcast. I've heard of people actually deleting their podcast and starting all over again because they didn't get into new noteworthy in the first eight weeks. That's just silly. You're going after the wrong thing. So uh, just, just keep everything in perspective. You know, um, iTunes new and noteworthy is cool and all as my friend, Daniel J. Lewis always says that it's a, uh, it's a reward, not a goal. To be a new and noteworthy. Same thing with ratings and reviews. Reviews are cool. They're social proof. All that. And you know, you might even get some constructive criticism in there to, to make your show better for your audience. Because that's who it's all about. It's your audience. But it's not going to help you in the rankings because it doesn't. The only thing in I, Apple that is the rankings is either A, somebody at Apple likes you and puts you somewhere, or it's new subscribers. So, you know, you want to promote subscriptions more than ratings and reviews. But like I said, all that's cool and all, but uh, don't obsess over it. And last but not least, number 12. And this one's a personal pet peeve of mine, so uh, it might not really go here, but I'm going to say it anyway. Don't go out and ask an expert about how to do something that they know how to do and you don't know how to do, and then argue with them. Happens to me all the time. People ask questions that they don't know how to do something in podcasting, you know, WordPress or whatever, and I give them the answer, and I give them an answer that's true based on lots of experience and lots of uh, trial and error on my part, and they don't want to believe it because they don't like the answer, so then they start arguing with me. Well, you called me. You ta- you emailed me. You asked me a question. I'm giving you from my experience The answer, I guarantee what I tell you is going to work. It may not be what you want to hear, but it's going to work. Don't argue with me when I tell you that New and Noteworthy is not something you need to obsess about. I know from experience that New and Noteworthy is not going to make or break a podcast. I know from experience that my RSS feed works. I know for a fact that if you do A, B, and C, Deal happen. I just know that because I've done it a hundred times. Done it a thousand times. I've watched other people do it a hundred times or a thousand times. So, you know, if you you contact an expert that you know, knows what they're talking about, you don't start arguing with them. Now, if you, you don't like the advice and you want to try to do something else, great. But arguing with somebody that's giving you advice is kind of pointless. Even if they are wrong. There are people out there that give bad advice. Heck, I might even give bad advice sometimes. But arguing with me, especially when you're asking me for help, (laughs) doesn't help. So uh, if that sounds arrogant, sorry. I'm not arrogant. I'm just experienced in certain things. I know a lot about a few particular things. And uh, I will be more than happy to share that with you. But, uh, you know, if you're going to tell me I'm wrong after I've explained to you what it really is, (laughs) and uh, it's just the way it is. Next episode, I'm going to do my year in review. I'm going to review all the predictions I made for 2016 and find out how I did in my predictions. And uh, just to let you know ahead of time, it ain't all that good. (laughs) That episode will be out on New Year's Eve, so look for that on December 31st, and uh, we'll go over, like I said, what I got wrong, and I don't know if I'm going to make any predictions for next year or not, uh, seeing as though I didn't do so good in 2016 on my predictions, but uh, we'll see. Again, if you want to try anything over at Blueberry.com for a month free, Use my promo code HELPDESK. Also on the sidebar of podcasthelpdesk.com are some other offers over there that uh, you could click on and uh, that helps me out. And of course you can rate and review the show. Even though I say that's not super important, it's important to me to know what you're thinking. Rate and review the show over at iTunes or Stitcher or wherever. You can uh, put a rating, put in a good word for me. Say something nice about me on social media, whatever—something like that—and <laughs> that would uh, definitely stroke my ego if nothing else. So, uh, with that, everybody have a great Christmas A uh, happy New Year. Of course, uh, Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve show will uh, be my predictions from last year. Catch me later.
1: Thanks for listening to the Podcast Help Desk. If you would like Mike to answer your question on the show, email podcasthelpdesk at gmail.com or better yet, record a voice message at podcasthelpdesk.com. See you next time.